Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Getting Our Talk. I'm your host, Paul Morris. And we broadcast from the southern Hudson Valley region of New York State, which is the northern suburbs of New York City, my hometown. And today we're going to talk about your ego. And the name of the show is Your Ego. Is it always bad and can you exist without it? And my guest today is Penny Cohen, licensed clinical social worker. And you could find out more about Penny at pennycohen.com. Now, the term ego is defined uh, in the dictionary online as follows. The I or self of any person, a person as thinking, feeling, and willing and distinguishing itself from the selves of others and from objects of its thought. Number two, in psychoanalysis, the part of the psyche apparatus that experiences a reaction to the outside world and thus mediates between the primitive drives of the id and demands of the social and physical environment. And number three, part of the definition, which most people are familiar with, egotism, conceit, and self-importance. When we think of the ego as bad, we are clearly referring to the third item of this list. So why are we so tied to that aspect of the term? Now, before I I get Penny... Uh, involved in this discussion, just a couple of little anecdotes to kind of, uh, you know, illustrate this. Uh, years ago, I went to a meeting of, uh, it was a course of miracles that so people met at someone's home and they discussed the course of miracles. And, uh, you know, people were trying to feel better about themselves and it's a very interesting book. And uh, and something came up about the ego towards the end of the hour. And to a person, everyone says, oh, I don't have an ego. I don't have an ego. And I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I said, well, if you don't have an ego, how are you going to get out of the, uh, you know, the house? Ego is, is who you are. And it may have other aspects to it, but it's part of the survive anyway you know so I thought that was kind of strange that these people even thought they even if you look at ego as egotism conceit and self-importance nobody is ego egoless or ego free and I heard similar thing uh, very recently I was listening to something from Eckhart Tolle who wrote The Power of Now and someone got up and asked him a question and Obviously, this man was very, very much uh, in the th- enthralled with Eckhart and he talked about the ego, and then when he referred to 
Mr. Tully said, of course, Mr. Tully, you don't have one. <laughs> and Tully didn't contradict them, which is absurd. I thought that was kind of ridiculous. But, you know, it just shows you how, you know, people think about it. And uh, what is what is your thoughts about that, uh, Penny? Well, we have to look at it from a psychological perspective and a spiritual perspective. From a spiritual perspective, we're supposed to become egoless, not have an ego. In other words, let everything channel through us and not get caught by us. From a psychological perspective, however, we have an unhealthy ego and a healthy ego. And I like to help people develop healthy egos, meaning Mm -hmm. a healthy ego is where you're in such good balance and harmony within your life that you no longer have to think about your life, and then you can really concentrate on contributing or helping others. Now, that being Mm -hmm. said, what is the ego? You already basically uh, defined it. It's the mediator between humans and their mind, and it does give us a sense of self-esteem. And it's the part of ourselves that needs to feel special or significant or important. And when we don't, that's when we go into um, acting, acting the part. We go into Mm -hmm. negative thoughts, self-defeating beliefs, um, repressed feelings, and act out in ways that, we think people will think we're special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we really want to get rid of that. What happens actually is that the unhealthy ego is the constricted nervous system that gives us a sense of poor self-esteem in that something happens and we get a constriction in the body. And that's when we automatically go into the negative behaviors to keep us in our comfort zone. (laughs) And it it, it helps keep us safe, meaning if we branch out, we won't get hurt if we don't branch out. uh You were going to ask a question? Yeah, yeah. So the thing that struck me, it's first of all that people think you could be egoless, even in the sense of being, you know, egotistic and self-important. I mean that nobody's egoless. I don't care who they are. It's just you know, it's just not, it's just not possible. And the other thing is that these people that think they are or want to believe they are, that they're like deluded or something, you know. And it kind of struck me that. People would be willing to think that and be okay. Well, you know, and not, you know. See, for me, from looking at a healthy ego, we still need an I to say I love you. We need an <laughs> I to make decisions. Oh, we need an I to say no and set boundaries. But 
becoming egoless from a spiritual perspective is, for me, not having emotional charges. In other words, Mm -hmm. when we don't have an emotional charge, that's when divine love and wisdom literally pass through us. Now, I'd also like to make a little distinction between the ego or an unhealthy ego and the soul because the healthy Mm -hmm. ego is actually coming from the soul. And I like to give this uh, story of when I work with clients, I'll do a Mm -hmm. relaxation with them and then I'll have them think of an issue. And just whatever the issue might be, and then I'll say, what are you experiencing now? And they'll often say, I feel like I'm getting smaller and smaller, or I feel like I'm moving further and further away. And some might even say, I feel like I'm not even here anymore. From a spiritual perspective, that would mean you've become soulless. Your soul has left your body. From a psychological perspective, it would be deemed disassociation. You're out of your body. And Mm -hmm. the trick is to keep our soul or our higher self in our bodies. That's when we feel whole, complete confident, mm-hmm. secure, mm-hmm. we come from authenticity. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that now that you mention it, uh, in a way, the uh, soul and the ego are like the good and the bad angels, too. You know, right. uh, sitting on the shoulder, like the ego could be the greedy one and could be the avaricious one and and uh, so on and so forth. And the soul nature is, you know, trying to say be good, be kind, and so on. And sure, it, it, and I think this is where these people like to claim their ego less, meaning they don't have a mean bone in their body and they're wonderful, you know, which is absurd anyway. Everybody has some, some, some of that stuff. And you know, I always uh, it, was of the it, mind that the people that say they have none are the ones you got to watch out the most for. <laughs> They're the right, most dangerous right. because they could do things that are bad and say, no, I couldn't do anything bad, even though they just did it. So, well, I believe you know, that even, we even, hear uh, and Scott Peck said that in his book, The uh, Roadless Travel. What did Scott Peck say? He claimed that those people who claim to be perfect are the ones you got to be the most afraid of because no matter what they do, they'll never admit they did anything wrong. They're in yeah. denial of their behavior, right? And I believe if Hello? we're in our bodies here on Earth, there's something that still needs to be worked on. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. Oh, Meaning that there is some kind of war or conflict within us. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Incredibly true. That's a point. That's exactly it. If we were perfect, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's well, uh, that's not so sure either. We could be here as angels in 
in body yeah, and physical that's form. True. I However, from a Kabbalistic perspective, there are what they call 36 just, meaning the 36 who have actually reached enlightenment. Yeah, out of okay. out of ten billion. Out of how many millions, right? Billion. <laughs> exactly. So when you meet that one, let me know. I want to have lunch with them. <laughs> right. Now what often, you know, we want to look at what is it that makes us have an ego and or how can we tell that we're coming from our ego? And ideally, you want to pay attention to your body. Like if you get butterflies or cramps in your stomach, you're coming from your ego. If your heart starts pounding, you're coming from your ego. If you're shaking or become anxious, you come from your ego. If you lose your temper, you're coming from your ego. Another one is feeling either superior or inferior to others. If you judge others, if you're critical, if you hold grudges, if you want revenge, if you blame others, you build cases against others, you feel insecure around others, it could be either way. You don't speak up to others or you withdraw from confrontations. So those are two primary areas. Paying attention to your body was the first and then feeling either superior or inferior. There are three other ways of seeing where we're not in uh, a healthy ego. If you're always busy making demands of others, if you're always busy telling others what to do, if you need to get the last word in. And then the fourth area is watching other people's responses if other people are attacking you, there's a good chance you're coming from your ego. If other people become defensive about their behavior, there's a good chance you're coming from your ego. Or if other people withdraw from you or the conversation, that too could mean you're coming from your ego. And one of the biggest, number five, is being unforgiving. You can't let go of anger, resentment, animosity, or the need for revenge. And there is a sixth one, which is gossiping about others. So if we look at these reactions within our bodies as well as reactions from others as well as ourselves, we can detect whether we're coming from our ego or from our soul or I use the term higher self. And the reason being, when we come from our higher self, we're in our truth. And people respond to truth rather than react, which means you allow them to be in their truth. And that's when they won't react, but instead would respond. 
Hello? 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 Penny, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Okay. Sorry, something happened to my phone, and you dropped the line. I, yeah, uh, something was uh, going on funny. I think the mute button got hit inadvertently. Anyway, what I was saying in response to what you were saying is, you know, you got to be careful. You don't want to be so, too self-conscious, you know, about everything you say. Otherwise, you're not going to be relaxed. And, you know, uh, you don't want to be too outwardly motivated and worry about, you know, I mean, we're only human and uh, we do the best we can and people respond and react differently to us from time to time. And sometimes it just may be jealous of you. You know, I find when sometimes, you know, if you're at your best and, you know, you're just being yourself, I, you know, I you can't tell every possible intention that you have in your subconscious. You're just trying to, you know, participate or whatever. And some people, you know, might make them feel bad. Uh, you know, they might get upset. What are you going to do about it? So, you know, you just have to do the best you can. Well, uh, I, I have a different opinion on that. Good. Good. Um, in that. If we really want to know ourselves and to come from our higher part of ourselves, we can process what goes on during the day and literally reprogram ourselves to behave differently automatically. In other words, if we do a nightly review, uh, somebody tells us, we look sloppy today. There's a good chance he's going to have some kind of reaction to it. Okay? (laughs) Notice where you have the reaction and work on what beliefs created the reaction. And when we start changing our beliefs, we change everything around us, including the way people treat us. So the more we do a nightly review, the more we can be more naturally open and loving and and forgiving. We can, we stop making demands of others. We don't feel superior or inferior, you know? So I do believe it's more than just, oh, be natural. Being natural to people doesn't mean necessarily coming from your authentic self. Being natural is more generally coming from your ego. Yeah, but I mean, how do you figure, this is kind of difficult to figure out. I mean, you know, uh, you don't know why, you can't know why somebody reacted this way or that way. And even it's if, based on if your belief. Yeah, but wait a minute. But somebody reacts to you somehow, some way, 
which you don't find is, uh, you know, positive. How do you know what caused it? How do you know what you did, what you didn't do, uh, what you should have done? And you're just guessing anyway. How do you, how do you know what about yourself, uh, you know, triggered that? It could be a million. You're not going to okay. ask the person. Now, how do you figure that no, out? I mean, you know, maybe the person doesn't dress well and you do and he was jealous of the way you dressed or maybe, you, you know, you sounded, uh, you made him feel like he was stupid because, you know, he, I don't know, whatever, you said something that was intelligent and he felt bad. I mean, uh, how do you, first, how do you figure it out? And second of all, it, you know, just change. What do you, you know, it's very hard to just change. What does that mean? How do you do that? I wouldn't even know. Yeah, you know, sometimes, look, Sometimes it's clear, you know, you know, you said something and immediately you get a response. And I mean, I've done it many times and I said, oh God, I shouldn't have said that, you know, maybe I wasn't being thoughtful. Maybe I didn't realize I was being insensitive, you know, okay. In that case, I could see that, but you know, it's not always that easy. No. Well, I, we have, I've developed a process to help people get into the unconscious. And there are many other processes out there. There's emotional freedom technique. There's cognitive behavioral therapy. There's EMDR, eye movement, desensitization, reprocessing. I'm doing something that's a a form of personal transformation processing where you can get into the unconscious, and I really believe the unconscious is our body. Get deep into our bodies. And the emotional freedom technique is tapping on different meridians, and that helps you get into the unconscious. And the are Yeah, but what, how, how do you know what you're looking for? It's not like an emotional well, trauma you, you, where every time learn, I see a dog, you, I run away. It's like, okay, I went through the day, and this guy didn't respond the way I thought I would like. How, how do you know where to begin with something like that? Okay. Well, you get a constriction in your body. You see a dog that's going to bite you. But I don't have a constriction. I don't have a constriction. I just saw somebody reacted to me in a way that was, you know, uh, not what I liked or, you know, and he if, seemed unhappy. you really... Yeah. Are you there? Are you there? Yeah. Yeah, man. If you really get into your body through any of these methods, okay, you will see that there was some self-defeating belief. And when we work on changing the belief, that's when you work on changing future karma. So that when you see a dog, you don't get scared. If you, like if you touch a hot stove when you're a kid, you get the feeling that a hot stove causes pain. And then fear crops up whenever you see a stove. But if you can get in touch with that fear and say, sometimes stoves aren't even on, so they're not going to be painful. They're not going to burn. And that same thing goes with people. If if it could be you're late for a meeting, 
and somebody scolds you for being late. There'll be some self-defeating belief going on inside you, such as, oh, I'm always late. I can't um, uh, get organized. There's something wrong with me. In other words, people reflect what's going on deeply inside us. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the time is running out. Rather than the therapeutic aspect of it, I want to get back to the general, you know, aspect of the ego stuff. And that is, you know, why would people want to believe they have no ego? Meaning, you know, in a sense, why would people? Sorry, what was that, Paul? Why would people want to think they have no ego, no, no dark side? Why would they have this belief? I mean, there was another occasion where a friend of mine was dating this woman who was a psychologist. So, you know, uh, so when we, when I saw her socially, I said, "Oh, psychologist, that's interesting. I like to talk about, you know, the ideas that we discuss." So I talked to her. And I, you know, I was happened to be reading a book, I think it was The Dark Side of Light Searches or something by uh, Ford. And I said, you know, I want to talk about the dark side, of people's dark side. She looks at me with a straight face and says, I don't have a dark side, <laughs> which is impossible, of course. Well, again, they, why would they you know, this is a psychologist. Why would people want to, you know, delude themselves into thinking something like that? Well, they want to feel significant. They want to feel like they're good people. Generally, these are the people who are always doing for others and caring for others, but they've lost themselves. And they're not willing to admit that underneath there's some resentment, there's anxiety, there's um, exhaustion, overwhelm. These are the things people don't admit to themselves. Mm-hmm. And therefore, mm-hmm. you know, if they think they're goody two-shoes, they, they can be as far as giving to others. But it doesn't mean they don't have that ego inside of resentment. I once had yeah. an argument with a Kabbalistic rabbi over that because their big thing is doing good deeds. And I said, well, it depends on whether the good deed is done from authenticity or out of obligation, meaning Mm -hmm. you might go and shovel somebody's steps, but you resent having to do it. That's not being a a good soul. You know, that, that is having an ego. And so people yeah. don't want to admit that they, they're good, they're good for others, but I think they're afraid to admit that inside they have these features. And that's they when they bed. say, I don't have a mean bone in my body, but they have some mean nerves, let me tell you. Well, of course, everybody does. They want to feel they're perfect. And, it, you know, and that's kind of a, you know, a scary thing. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, if you shovel somebody's walk, you shovel their walk. The walk does get shoveled and does help the person, you know. And, if you, you know, so, uh, you know, I, I mean, you could look at it. If you want to be, uh, you know, a cobbler, you know, a theoretical person and all that, 
fine, you can analyze the thing that way, but uh, you can't exist without the dark side because I believe that, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a saying, the greater the light, the bigger the shadow, which means right. that, and I believe this very strongly, this, this universe is, is a duality. Which means exactly that the bigger the light, you need something that's exactly opposite and compensates. You have to have something just as dark and just as powerful on the other side. Otherwise, the light can't exist. You know, you can't have good without evil. It's a, it doesn't. It's impossible in this universe because that's the way the universe is. It, whole, it, it couldn't exist without duality. That's one of its cornerstones. And um, so even within a person, they have to have a balancing, you know, a- aspect of it in order for them to exist. Uh, you know, I don't know about people like what you said who are saints, people like Jesus and so on. Perhaps, I don't know. But, I mean, the world, the world has to balance and that, you know, you need that other aspect. Um, and even even the Chinese in their Taoism, Taoism doesn't talk about good. Taoism is the middle way between the extremes. It's the balance. It's the middle, which implies the yin and the yang. That there's there's a good and there's a bad. Otherwise, you couldn't have a middle. So right there, you know, and that's a very powerful uh, philosophy that there is, uh, you know, both sides. But anyway, you know, just in closing, uh, that's what I would say. You know, we have good and we have the other aspect of ourselves. And by denying the, you know, the dark side of ourselves, we're just, you know, we're going to, we have a tendency or a, a danger of doing evil things and not admitting it. And that's not good. So we have to accept that we're human, we have good and we have bad, we try to, you know, be as good as we can, but understand, you know, none of us are perfect. And you try to have the balance, you know, have the balance. uh, Would you like, you know, what are your closing words (laughs) as far as ego is? Okay, I mean, the reality is we want to stay in a state of equanimity. And when we're in equanimity, meaning in our own truth, we come from our higher self or our soul. And that's where we always want to be. That's when there's confidence, security, compassion, passion. And we mm-hmm. and this is probably another topic is keeping our soul in our bodies. And that's well, the goal, to always come from a higher self. You, you think the soul leaves the body that frequently? Yes. I gave an example a little really? while ago. And the, really? the, soul, the minute we constrict, we squeeze a little bit of our soul out of our body. Really? That's interesting. Really? I mean, but ego, the ego, of course, is our survival. And when we're in, you know, put in danger or we have to struggle to, you know, to, to provide food and shelter and so on, 
our ego is going to be in high gear. And, uh, you know, and that's the way we, we survive. So obviously you can't you can't not have it. It's part of how we you know in our physical but again, form. That's I, how we I, live. Unfortunately, I am going to have to close. But don't right. forget the, the unhealthy ego and the healthy ego. The healthy ego opens you to the souls. And ideally, if we can keep our soul in our bodies, our soul to me is our life force the highest potential yes. of who we are. When we come Absolutely. from our soul, we come from our authentic self, our brilliance, and that's the goal. And I think we can talk about this more on an, as, as another topic, yeah. but unfortunately I do have to go. Yes, yes. Okay, we'll close out the show, but yeah, I, I'd like to talk more about keeping the soul in the body because it's something... That sounds interesting, and uh, maybe I need to do some more research about. Well, thank you, Penny Cohen, for uh, my pleasure participating today. Sorry about the technical difficulties. My phone uh, got some things going on. I think I was charging it while I was on, and I must have gotten some surges and must have thrown things off. Uh, if anybody would like to find out more about Penny Cohen. Uh, please go to pennycohen.com. And if anyone would like to hear more about what I do, you can go to depressivesanonymous.com. And uh, thanks for listening. I'm going to be having some uh, eye surgery next week. So there's going to be a a hiatus in the programming, and we'll let you know when we're going to be back as soon as possible. Okay. Bye, Penny. Have a great day. And Thank you, Paul. Bye. Bye now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.